Now Brexit has affected us all, without a doubt, and, and it has put some slight delays on parts coming through. But generally speaking, what we've done is been employed good clearance. Planning, preparation, production, monitoring and service, and under these those five pillars are, are our digital offering in terms of programming. Welcome to the NTD Podcast. I'm Giovanni Albanese hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a very proud member of the NTD team. I'm at the headquarters of DMG Mori UK, a billion pound global organisation and world leading supplier of machine tools, automation and technology. Together we have embarked on a podcast journey through 2021, looking at all aspects of this UK engineering business from spares logistics, service, application, applications, life cycle projects, installations, finance and special projects and today we conclude this educational journey with an end of year wrap up. I've personally learned so much over the months and we hope that our listeners have too. I'm joined today by four guests. Firstly Steve Finn, an ambassador uh, for Everything Engineering, an industry leader and managing director of DMG Mori UK. Steve, as always, thanks for having us back today and a massive thank you for opening your doors to the MTD team. Really welcome, uh, Gio. Uh, looking forward to this one to talk to the uh, the customers about everything we do. And it's it's been great that, that we've learned, all of us, so much. John Anderson has also re- rejoined us on the podcast. You, you, you must be enjoying these podcasts, John, to come back at, for, it, for your second appearance. Yeah, always, Gio, to uh, enjoy these sorts of things. So I uh, look forward to this one. Sales Director at DMG Murray UK. Now we've got a special guest today. And our third uh, guest is Charlie. Charlie Lucas has joined us today, marketing uh, executive at DMG Murray um, UK. You've been following us on this podcast journey and you're going to be driving the show today. It's going to have a little bit of a twist and you're going to be kind of putting us to the test um, as to what we've learned during the, the, the months that we've been doing these podcasts. Hi, Joe. Yeah, hopefully I'll put the uh, directors next to me through their paces today slightly. Good. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And welcome to the MTD podcast. And finally, Mark Dedman, director, MTD, CNC. Welcome to the podcast again, Mark, my friend. Well, it's good to be here, my friend. But uh, I, I think uh, Charlie's going to put us all on our... Uh, uh, on our blocks, I think. So, uh, we, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say, Steve, y- y- and all your team, is is that these podcasts this year, I've learned a lot more than what I thought I knew about DMG Murray and, and the personnel that you have here. It's a fantastic team, fa- fantastic portfolio of products that you have. And, uh, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to this as well. Thank you, Mark. Steve, can you start by telling our listeners why you wanted to embark on this podcast journey with such openness and transparency um, to, to, to all of our listeners. Yeah, we've we, um, been looking at doing, or we're doing quite a bit of work with NTD in general, doing videos of um, various products, showing super machines running around doing their, their bit. And this is great if you've got the portfolio, but you've got to have the, 
you know, the infrastructure within the organisation to actually manage that and actually support that with a customer. And it's something that many people don't talk about. They don't talk about, you know, how do you run your operations? What do you do in your service department? What do you, how do spares arrive? And sometimes some customers will quiz us at the front end or some sales guys will talk about it. But I wanted to, to open our doors because I'm extremely proud of the 100-odd people that work here at DMG Mori UK, how they support the customer, um, each in their own way, um, and then collectively as a unit. And that's really what I want to explain to the market. That's exactly, Steve's exactly right. That's what we wanted to do with these podcasts. Um, and of course, with working at DMG Mori UK, I'm looking to have the inside knowledge. Um, but Steve, let's go back to the first podcast with Theresa and Spare Parts. You explained how we have a large central store system in Germany, Japan and the US of parts. Um, can you tell us how has that been affected by Brexit? Yeah, Charlie, that's... Um First question's the tough one, isn't it? Eh? But um, you're right. We go back to March with the first podcast we did with Teresa, and we focused on spares, a very important area that people want delivery of components. Now we have a general, uh, oh, sorry, we have a large store in Germany in Gerritsried, which is fairly near Munich Airport. Um, we've also got one in Japan um, and one in the US, and we can actually call on the one in the US. Now, Brexit has affected us all, without a doubt, and, and it has put some slight delays on parts coming through. Um, but generally speaking, what we've done is we've employed a good clearing house, particularly with the machines as well. You know, that's really important to get the documentation right. Um, uh, Things like spindles, which are high value. Um, we had one competitor who a customer was telling me had a spindle sitting in customs for over, over 10 weeks. Crazy. Um, we don't experience those problems. We've got some good administrators both here and back in uh, Germany where the spares are coming from. And generally speaking, we can get parts within the 24 hours. It's becoming more difficult because of a supply of, of, of parts are on a shortage now. So there's shortage of raw materials, there's shortage of electrical components that everyone knows about. But actually, Charlie, the, the Brexit thing has not been affected as quite as badly as some other people that we're aware of. So I'm quite pleased on how our company's managed it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Now, John, um, we all know how important customer experience is within any company but especially ours how do our service team manage that well the service team is uh is crucial to to, to our customer experience um and we have quite a large service team uh, primarily because of just the vast range of, of technical products that we have from five axis to multi-axis to, to simple two and three axis milling machines so there will be different levels of expertise within the service the service department, uh, and they can also have mechanical and electrical bias, as well as uh, some of the software um, issues that, that, that may arise. So there's a, there's a very wide skill set uh, within, uh, within our service department, and it's important that we're able to cover all of those bases um, uh, to make sure that our, our customers are up and running um, as, as, uh, uh, and utilise the machine as, 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 as much as possible. Yeah, and actually the way that we, we monitor this is, is very important because, you know, there's a lot of KPIs that we lay down, um, but some of the things like fixed first time, response time on a telephone, response time on what's now my DMG Mori, all of these items are 
um, are monitored every single month. The results are sent to myself um, and I look at them and we understand how we're feeding that market. They're also gone to groups. So if I put in some bad figures, then I've got some some answers to do. But the reality is, is the customer is the acid test. So we monitor a lot of stuff that we do and actually record that every single month and make sure that, that we're doing it right. Steve, I, I have to take my hat off to you because, you know, going back a long, long time ago, I'm talking 10 years ago, I wouldn't say service wasn't as uh, well delivered here as it, as it is now. You, you've really sort of picked this up with your team. And one thing that uh, really shone out from the, the, the um, service podcast that we'd done a number of months ago was very much that, yeah, one of your technical guys is helping out three companies and it would have taken him three or four days to actually get to um, and it was like 1,500 miles apart. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, Mark, just going back to your first remark, I'm really pleased on how we've moved our service along in the last 10 years. Um, we've got a much more um, proactive service now. Um, we're not perfect, but we're actually doing a pretty good job across the board. And uh, the majority of our customers are pretty more than satisfied. Um, but the new system which we're using, which is NetService, um, so we've got uh, a very capable guy, and they're all capable, but sitting there on a laptop servicing a guy in, um, if I remember correctly, it was like Devon, York and Aberdeen or something of that nature. Uh, Chelmsford, Chelmsford, Aberdeen and uh, Devon. And he fixed the three machines in the same day. Now, there is no charge to that, but actually it goes back to what John's saying about this is the customer experience. And the customer experience... It's good. We will get repeat business. It's not rocket science. But yeah, we've come a long way and we've got a great service department today. So Steve, as you just mentioned with, um, we were talking about the service team, why do we have such a big service team, as John said? Well, we've got, we've got over 5,000 machines in the, in the field that, that we physically touch at some time or another throughout a period. Um, and that's a lot of machines to have um, to make sure that we keep up and running and somebody may ring you on a Monday morning because something's gone wrong at the weekend and you may not have spoken to them for several years we've got to be able to respond and um, our first line of defence gives us the, the net service which we use in the office with our service experts um, but the second line of defence is to get the service team out in the field so sometimes if one of these guys is doing a big installation he may be on site for a, for a month to one customer that takes him out we've got to put another one in to make sure that the guy next door who's having a, a hiccup maybe a simple battery failure or or he needs a maintenance something then uh, we've got to be able to respond so yeah 30 35 service guys uh, and growing growing yeah always. so if anybody's listening to this actually i am actively employing um, service people actively recruiting so if you want to um, give um, our service manager Andy White a, a note I'll be very happy to hear from you this is not a recruitment podcast Steve <laughs> yeah I know but I thought I'd use the opportunity <laughs> whilst I was spending the money <laughs> so we've we've just spoke about of course um, our service team out in the field but we did the podcast with Fred our applications manager and he mentioned how they work from the beginning with the sales team on um, like finding the right solutions for our customers. How do they find that for a customer's inquiry? 
Well, the problem we have, Charlie, is, as you know, we've got a very wide portfolio of machines. So we've often got one or two different types of machines that can do the same job. So the sales guy, which John can go on to in, in a bit to talk about how he identifies where that, that narrowing it down. And then, of course, what the, the apps team will do is then focus on a proposal to, to manufacture that component. And the proposal would be based around a number of items. Maybe they want um, some kind of tack time. Maybe they just want a single cycle time. Maybe they want to look at automation. Um, or they want to link machines or they want individual machines. So it's all about finding the right solution. And, um, and I think it starts with John's team on the sales where, where he can talk about later how that is initially developed. But the apps, guys, we've got a lot of experience. And as we've said before, also with the service and the spares, we can pull on the group's experience. So there are, are hundreds and hundreds of applications that we've got in our in our um, diary, if you like, or our, our our books to show what have been has been done throughout the world, and we can pull on that experience as well. Perfect. Um, I think this would be a perfect time to come over to our sales director, and John. What is the main purpose of a salesman? Well, I, I, I think it's quite a broad question, is that? But uh, one could argue that the, the sales function is singularly, uh, in any company, let alone in DMG Morris, singularly the most important department in any organisation. Without sales or a platform to generate sales, then there literally is no business. Um, but basically, sales bridge the gap between the customer's requirement and the products and services that we, we provide. The uh, job of a sales guy is to qualify that requirement accurately and effectively and communicate that internally uh, to our apps department if required or put a specification for a, a, a machine or a cell together themselves. Uh, so we have apps and we have product managers uh, and they all work very closely together depending on the application and the, um, uh, the application that's in front of them. And of course they have to deliver that and, and, and this is a fact, they have to deliver that in, in a mutually beneficial commercial um, way uh, or, or solution uh, because you know, the customer wants to make money and of course we as an organisation want to make money and I think uh, there's, there's really no denying that but it has to be mutually beneficial. John, I've noticed over the years that you, you, it's not just a salesman, it's a technical salesperson, isn't it? Yeah, they they have to sales guys uh, certainly within DMG Mori have to have have to be multidisciplined in terms of applications. They're all time served applications, uh, t uh, technical, uh, commercial, uh, uh, finance, uh, and of course, if you look at our product range with with the automation and software solutions, and and, and that's increasing all the time, then um, that they have to be on top of that uh, continually. For example. Uh, only this morning, Steve and I were on a call with the sales guys with the Japanese factory on a product training uh, webinar uh, just, just on some of the automation products that, that, that are offered from, from Japan. Yeah, which was actually very detailed, actually. And, and, and you know, whilst the sales guys are not going to go into detail, they've got to have an understanding of how the product works so, that, so they can actually talk to the customer about it and make a proposal. But it's... Um, it is an interesting point because, as John said, without sales, nothing else moves on. Um, so we are primarily a sales organisation, but to support that, we've got to have all these other departments that function well, 
think about the customer first experience that actually make it happen. Has the way in which you sell changed during COVID? Has it had to change? Um, yes, because it's been more remote. So a lot of the guys have worked on, on Teams and uh, 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 Zoom platforms. And that's a little bit trickier in terms of trying to sort of read situations and understand situations. Um, so that they have changed over the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, but of course, most of the sales guys and I'm really experienced sales guys like to be face to face and in front of people and seeing the application and understanding exactly what, what the requirement may be. And of course, that leads on to another question because we can poke it back at Charlie now okay. because marketing has been really important the last couple Huge. of years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what, what, what's the kind of things that you have developed, Charlie, to, to actually send the message out to our customers? That's a very good question. Thanks for turning it back around. Um, well, of course, over the past, um, since COVID and over the past 18 months, we've we've really developed our social media presence, like LinkedIn and Twitter for the, the first part. So we can get that, we've tried to get that kicked off straight away. Um, but yeah, our LinkedIn's really taken off. Of course, as we said, we're working closely with MTD themselves to do podcasts and videos with customers going in, getting case studies and... I, for one, go to new customers that, or customers, loyal customers that have had um, machines delivered and see them, their successful deliveries and see how they all are. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully we can we do more. As, as and that a, really supports John's area, doesn't it, in respects of, you know, people, as John said on his last podcast, people will do a certain amount of, um, not just a certain amount, but quite detailed uh, investigation into what they want and how it will work. So by the time the sales guys comes there, it's kind of can be predefined, which actually we see as a problem. And, and I've just seen it where I've gone to buy something that was quite expensive with all my own ideas and actually had them completely turned around because of that industry uh, expert, that, yeah. that knowledge he had. So we're sending all of that information out. That's yeah, great. Definitely. Um, Charlie, I think you're doing an absolutely unbelievable job. Um, so firstly, I just want to kind of say that. But um, going back to sales and marketing, I believe now that the two should be looked upon as one. Um, and the integration between the two now has never been as important. Um, you know, I think now if you're a sales guy, you need to be a good sales guy. You need to be a good technical person and, and, and have experience in that. But you also need to be good at social media and marketing. The way in which now not just in our industry, but in, in all industries, marketing is, is well, it drives customer demand, doesn't it, Charlie? Yeah, I, I can agree. And, and of course, John, we work quite closely with not just us two and, and Steve, but with the sales team and their customers to make sure that they know that there's anything that we can do to help them also get their name out there. We'll, we'll do as much as we can for them. Um, also, Steve, you made a good point a second ago when we were talking about with the sales team that the whole company functions as one and of course once a salesman has sold a machine that machine then needs to be brought over to the UK and or and if it's in our stock machine in our stock areas we need to use it there so for installs why is the communication between our company and the customer so important well you, you hear it a lot where companies go Thanks for the order. Um, we'll send all the details to you and we'll let you do this, we'll let you do that. 
but it's got to go further than that. So we, we've got a guy, Martin Woodbridge, who explained about the in-stores, um, how the communication, why the communication is so important is because the customer doesn't have a machine tool delivered every day. And therefore, some customers have more regularly than others, but the point is, it's not a regular occurrence. So we've got to check all the floor, we've got to make sure that the access is good, the electrics is good, and these all sound pretty easy. You know, oh yeah, we can just walk through there, we can walk through there, can we get access from the road, um, all of these kind of things. And you, you're doing a one-off delivery. And when that machine is delivered, that's the first day of the machine's life. That's its first birthday. And it's got to be right, because if you get it wrong then, nobody ever ever will forget it. Yeah. And it will always be remembered as that machine turned up and it was dropped and it was this and it was that. And you just can't let those things happen. Okay. So it's really important as part of the experience. And that's the start of the life. So the sales guy's done all the talking at the front end. Now we're doing the action. This is the first time we've delivered as a company. And that's quite interesting, actually, because when we're in front of a lot of your customers now, I used to sort of say, well, you know, off camera, you, you know, how do you feel about the machine? And it used to be, yeah, great price, really happy with that. But within that now, it's the, the price, the application, and also the installation and how you support them. It's, it's one package. Yeah. And I think that's really key. Also, the fact that, you know, we, we, we're doing more and more. Uh, one of the things I would say on sales is, is uh, that uh, they're becoming more complex more people involved, but also the expectation is very high as well. So we're getting more and more in involved in uh, FAT tests, factory acceptance tests, uh, runoffs, that kind of thing, because people want to, they want value for money and they want to make sure that it, um, um, it, you know, it hits the ground running from, from day one. I know, John, um, in, the, in the sales podcast, if, if, people, if our listeners didn't listen to it, you mentioned that the, the, the new business um, was was astounding, really. You know, it was around fifty percent. Is that correct? Yes, I mean, it's, 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 it's running about forty-seven. 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 Yeah. We, I mean, we, we, how, yeah. how have you achieved that? I mean, that is a fantastic and staggering statistic. You know, winning more market share. That is that down to being proactive and 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 and, and the, the things that and the nicety of what we've been talking about during these these podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we make no secret of that. We we uh, we're very proactive as a sales team, but also we have a technology offering that is very attractive to the market um, at the present time, particularly with the automation solutions and, and also the digital offering as we go forward with that. That'll become um, more and more um, more and more significant, uh, particularly, you know, as I mentioned on the last podcast, as, as our customer base gets younger, they're much more IT literate uh, and they have an expectation of... of understanding what the machines will do at any one time so all that, that all forms part of our digital manufacturing uh, uh, packages um, and, and that'll become more important as I said going forward. John I think you've got you've made a great point there but as also a, another aspect of our business that's grown greatly over the past I'd say 18 months and that's the finance side so why why as a machine tool manufacturing company would we offer a finance package? To facilitate more sales, to be honest with you, um, I think finance generally in the world, if you if you look at an, an any motorway now, um, you look at the, 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 some really nice cars, uh, they're, they're all on finance, and I think finance uh, makes the world go around. Definitely, what we did was was write our own book, so we, we can take a, a, a much more lateral view on occasions. 
um, and to, to facilitate a machine tool sale. Yeah, we can add that residual value because we, we know our product. We know what our product is going to be worth in three or five years' time. Most customers go for five years. And you can put a cost against that. So therefore, um, we can now be cheaper on a monthly cost than some of the low-cost, let's say, um, lesser specification machines. Um, and that puts us in incredibly competitive. So we're offering both a technical solution from, from John's team where it can't start from to apps to make sure that the technical solution is right. That's the most important thing. And then you offer a commercial proposal. Um, and that's where we're really, really, really strong. And we can do all kinds of things now. So the latest thing from Group is uh, Paysar, where the customer can actually buy... Um, he actually rents a machine online so he rents it on a spindle hourly rate now we're only locked, locked onto two machines at the moment the M1 and the CLX450TC which is a multi-axis offering from Bedefelt but actually the customer can buy that on spindle hours so it's, it's um, quite an interesting one because if you've got a machine shop that's doing low volume, high variety which a lot of our shops are you're spending a lot of time on setups so your spindle's not running. So you don't have to pay for it. You only pay for it with the spindles running. The other side of the coin is we can offer all kinds of uh, operating lease or higher purchase, whichever you want, um, which suit the customer's contract. So John did a deal with a, a big aerospace company a while back, two-year operating lease, because the customer only had a two-year contract. I think we discussed this at another project meeting, another podcast we had, where customers now extended that so there, there's great opportunities to promote finance to support the customer in manufacturing for sure it facilitates more orders as john said but it's about supporting customers. it's about flexibility you know it's not just always about headline rates and that kind of thing and, and, and residual value it's about flexibility and trying to work around customers own contracts uh, requirements uh, and in the case that steve mentioned that that was a short-term contract um, uh, that, 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 that we were able to fulfil or help the customer fulfil because they could do the machine on a two-year two lease with an option at the end of that period either to, to send it back or, or purchase it. Just briefly on that, Steve, I remember you saying to me that uh, it's this, the, the finance sort of stemmed where Dr. Murray said, well, if you want one of my machines, I'll give you the opportunity to have a machine. There was boundaries there before, wasn't there? Yeah, Dr. Mori was the instigator many years ago on this because he saw, he witnessed the potential damage that a particular bank was doing to a customer in respects of trying to um, put them on a three or five year lease, whatever it was, and then at the end of the lease, charge them a small fortune to either purchase the machine or, or um, continue renting it. And it was wrong. It was, it was wrong on every level. And he said that he wants to actually support manufacturing. So the, the, prime, the prime reason for him was to actually support manufacturing. The end result is we facilitate more orders. Steve, um, you know, with, the, with this renting scheme, uh, as you referred to it as, I mean, that, that's got to be a game changer a game changer within our industry hasn't it I like the Absolutely. fact that you're only paying for yeah. what you're using effectively yeah 
It is. I mean, you know, particularly universities, um, colleges, where they only use the machines for a short amount of times each week, this is going to be perfect for them. Um, but also tool room applications, where you're doing a lot more setting than running. Perfect. And do you believe that this will run across all of your range with time? This will, this will go across all of the range in time. Uh, it's not for everybody, but it's another feature of the finance that, that allows people to uh, invest at a cost that they can afford. And incidentally, actually, Gio, one of the things also about the, the fact of having DMG more in finance is the the new starts that we've had. And we've had quite a number of new start companies where instead of actually going and buying some second-hand machines and dodging along and putting a few plasters on them to make sure they carry on working, they've been able to come in and buy new. And is this going back to the point about, you know, you know 47% new business, new customers that have never... Some of it. It's yeah, certainly a factor in, in yeah. that number. And, from, that a, and right. from a sales perspective, you know, it must be great to have this in in your artillery, to be able to have this finance and offer this fantastic package. And as as it, it also made DMG Mori UK more approachable, and you know, there's companies that I've seen and witnessed myself in the UK firsthand that you wouldn't have dreamt them having, you know, a state-of-the-art fifth axis simultaneous machine from DMG Murray UK, you know, just started up with some of the latest kit. It's, it's you know, you wouldn't have seen that 10 years ago. No, I, I, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a big factor in our, in our growth over the last uh, three to five years, I would have said. Actually, I'm going to make a point there. I, I, I put this down to the marketing. I think that 47% is down to the marketing <laughs> capability Thanks, of Mark. a certain person. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, just backtrack slightly. Um, we've spoke about different aspects of a machine sale and what it comes with. And one of those areas is the lifecycle products. What What's the main function of those, Steve? That is to really support the customer through the cycle of its products through the life of it and um, whether that be maintenance contracts or they need um, to buy components or they want to look at various ways of um, training um, and that kind of thing it's all part of what happens after the machine has been installed and um, you know we can offer uh, machine tool insurance we can offer training we can offer maintenance contracts we can offer spot maintenance um, all of these things are really important to make sure the customer gets the best from the machine tool that department also runs a number of um, let's let's call them um, junior engineers to be to be polite because these are guys that are setting out on the road of, of training to become full-blown diagnostic engineers service engineers but this is a great training ground for these guys because um, what can happen is that they're more than capable to do the maintenance side of the machines but we send them on doing these maintenances so they can grow in strength and they can actually develop themselves to move on so it's a development area more yeah. than more than anything for for our own people but for the customer it supports the life of the product it's always good to do development within the younger generation as well. So it's, oh, it's good to hear that. Charlie, you know that. We, 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 you know, we've got to have a legacy, John and I, and it's got to be with the younger generation. And, it, and, and that's really important for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's really to maximise the value and, and the investment that the customers have made into their machines um, and, and maintain them off going over, the, over, over the, the, the five years or three to five years and beyond in many cases. 
um, life of the machine. I think in addition, you know, we also have a lot of the, the digital products come back to that as well. So you've got a lot of technology apps and monitoring apps now that will also become part of that life cycle uh, product portfolio as well. Um, and again, these will be bolt-ons as, as we go forward, depending on the machine platform, of course. I mean, I do like your CLOS control. When talk, talking about digitalization or digital different platforms yeah. that you now offer that you can find out a lot more about in a lot more detail from some, from some of the previous podcasts that we've, we, we've done. Um, but the, the CLOS is just brilliant, isn't it? It's so user-friendly. And is that strategically been designed that way to make it user-friendly? And, you know, you mentioned or alluded to and you used the analogy... Young children are using iPads now, and they can get onto that machine, and it, it, it's quite an easy transition. Well, it's becoming very intuitive. I mean, there are five pillars on the on the on the CLOS control that we, that we use, which is is planning, preparation, production, monitoring, and service. And underneath those five pillars are are our digital offering in terms of programming, uh, service. Um, uh, uh, programming that, that that kind of thing so and then all the digital projects will fall below those those five pillars so uh, yeah that sounds it sounds great it's one of those aspects that we do need and it it works really well um steve the the last podcast before this one that you guys did was with uh, kevin buck uh, special projects what why did you develop that department well, it's an expansion of the company because, in general, we can supply across the board. Um, we have a very wide portfolio, which I keep going on about, but it's about how we support it. And what Kevin does, he looks at top-end stuff. You know, machines traditionally over, let's say, a million pounds, um, which need an incredible amount of detail to go into before you can even um, start to put a quotation together. Uh, and Kevin's background is is really very much that. And what we're doing is we're getting more and more demands from customers, particularly on the bigger side of machines, um, where we've got to go into this enormous amount of detail to make sure that we put a quotation together that actually will deliver the goods. And some of the projects that Kevin's now working on are, one of them's two years old, and it wouldn't be unusual to have that kind of cycle on it. But in that cycle, you've got an enormous amount of work to do to make sure the customer has the confidence to come with us. Portfolio-wise, product-wise, we can tick the box every time. Yeah. It's how we support that. So this is really top-end top end engineering. That makes sense. It's all linked in, I mentioned before, complexity. Uh, so complexity of people, number of people involved in a, in a machine tool purchase process, but also the technical element is, is becoming you know, um, the, the demand for that is increasing as well, particularly on the larger platforms. Uh, so you, you don't just sell one of those machines. There's, there's a whole process to go through. And obviously the follow-up and delivery of those projects, particularly in the larger aerospace, F1, um, that, those kind of arenas. We're, we're coming to the uh, end of our time uh, on this year's podcast with DMG Mori UK. Um, one thing I've noticed, John, uh, over the last few months, the machines, there's, there's a different sign on the top left-hand corner, or depending on what machine it is, but carbon neutral. What, what, what is DMG Mori, uh, what does that statement actually mean, I suppose? Well, carbon neutral, as anybody that's looking at news at the moment, is becoming an increasingly important facet of our society, let alone machine tools. Uh, but DMG Mori have been carbon neutral since, since 2021, uh, sorry, 2020. 
Um, it, it's uh, so, so for example, we, we our score one and two, we have solar panels within all our factories now. Uh, we used to have so, uh, wind carriers as well uh, so, so, so to offset the scope one and two. It's a little bit more difficult in scope three uh, into our supply chain. Uh, so that's something that we're working very hard on as well. But in the, the three main initiatives for, for DMG Mori on, on, the, on, the, on the barge, as you see, is, uh, is the green machine. Um, so that, that's covering all the CO2s in our manufacturing process. There's green mode, so there's the, the energy efficiency of the machine and how it operates over time. And then we have uh, green tech, which is you know, a continuous development of, of new technologies and, and greener technologies. So those three emissions of three, te uh, three initiatives have been in place since 2020. Uh, so it's, it's a very uh, significant and important part of, of what we're doing going forward. Uh, and I think that's not just in machine tools, I think that's in society in general. Yeah, everybody, everybody has that responsibility. So even here in the UK, we run on clean electricity or green electricity. We use LED lighting. We've got heating controls and, and, and all things like this. We're, we're using electric cars where we can, where it's viable. Um, you know, all of those kind of things are doing it. And between us here and what group are doing, what the machines are doing, is a contribution towards keeping the earth at one and a half degrees. Uh, no, no higher place <laughs> because we've already seen what the what what the devastation nature can bring and i think it's really important that every single company in the world makes these contributions and i would say that dmg mori is probably the most advanced in any machine tool company in bringing that carbon neutral to the marketplace something else i learned about from you actually steve on on, on the finance podcast i think we touched upon this and, and you've inform me that in the future that, that there probably will be levies within manufacturing uh, workshops if you're not carbon neutral so you're you one step ahead of the game again <laughs> um, yeah but, uh, no yeah. guys unfortunately we are coming to the end of this podcast journey the, the, the podcast episodes for, for 2021 um, any last thoughts yes I'd like to thank everyone on this team I'd like to thank all the um, the people that have participated through from Teresa on spares, Andy on service, Fred on applications, Martin on installs, um, John on LCP, uh, John here today on the sales side, uh, James on the finance, um, Kevin on the special projects, but Charlie also has been in the background supporting all of this. It, it doesn't happen by magic. Um, and I'd certainly like to thank you two guys, Gio and Mark, for making this effort to make sure that we're here every month to talk about something the preparation that goes into it and i think that really sets the scene for what we do for a customer why are we here we're here to service the customer you know and i think that that's um, this journey has showed people what we can do what we're capable of um come and try us if you haven't already tried us and if you're trying us and you like it let me know <laughs> well, what a fantastic way to end the podcast journey for 2021. Steve, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you, Mark. And, and, and with everything we do at MTD, it's all about breaking down barriers to entry. It's about education. And I, I believe that this podcast journey with DMG Mori UK has been a real education. I've, learned, I've certainly, certainly 
learned a hell of a lot and I hope that our listeners have too. So if you want to listen to all of these different podcasts, they're all on our platform from spare service application, installs, LCP, lifecycle products, sales, finance, special projects and the wrap up that we've done today. Hopefully we'll be doing some more next year because I'll be rather sad if you don't. Um, but until next week, the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.